0: Hallelujah. (laughs) Uh, A father wanted to teach his sons about heaven, so he showed them a dead bird and told them that it went to heaven. One of the boys asked, did God throw the bird back down here? (laughs) Kids. Another boy, He took the family Bible from a bookcase and he laid it on a table and he turned each page with care until he spotted a leaf pressed between the pages he he took it to show his mother who then asked what is it dear the boy replied I think it's Adam's underwear (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, Lord, thank you for this beautiful day. And thank you for all your beautiful children that you've sent here to worship you today. This little part of your family, Lord, we just thank you. We love each other so much. We love you and we love the whole body of Christ. Help us, Lord, with all the help, the healing, empowerment, love and, and prosperity that you have for us so that we can go and help others with that same help you've given us. Use me today, Lord, to be a blessing and to plant the seed of your word, the fresh matter from heaven into their hearts that may take root and bear fruit in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may have got your Bible, with you, whatever you use. Hold it up. Repeat this after me. We are Word people, and we are Spirit people. We are Spirit people. We are here to be helped. And to learn to help others others. with the truth about the kingdom of God, the Father, the the Son, Son. and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen, amen. Amen. Regarding uh, prayer and the word, um, I just wanna mention, uh, first of all, passing of a Queen Elizabeth over in yes. England that was that was something what a what a long uh, beautiful life and uh, I don't know if you, any of you saw the post that I borrowed from somebody else but it had a, a picture of her when she was young in it and it had a, a little story there I wish I would have brought it with me but it, it was uh, one of the ministers there had preached a message on uh, the return of the Lord. And uh, after the sermon, she, she uh, expressed how she so wished that the Lord would return during her life. And he asked her why she had such uh, earnest desire for this. And with quivering lips and, and tears in her eyes, she, she told him, oh, how I would so love to lay my crown at his feet. Yes. And I think that's a beautiful... Testimony. Uh, I, I, that was very touching to me. Also, I don't want to fail to mention uh, September 11th. Uh, it's just uh, t- 21 years, huh? 21 years seems like yesterday. I remember where I was when I heard it and, uh, and uh, <laughs> watching that terrible, uh, tragic event take place. we just uh, we remember all of those who were lost and uh, and just uh, thank God for uh, for all that he's uh, doing uh, through that because God is always working in all directions yes. and uh, we always want to be the, the part of the two spy network not the ten huh? we want to be part of that Joshua and Caleb network not the not the ten with the negative report it's easy to see and say the negative that's uh that's easy. That's worldly. But it's not always easy to find God in, in every situation. But if you're spiritual and you love the Lord, it's not so hard. Because uh, this world with void of God would just it would just be a void. There would be no light, there would be no life, There'd be no love, nothing good. Amen. Regarding that. Prayer and uh, and the word. I was just going to mention. I don't know why, but when you pray, it's a good idea, if possible, to, you should have your Bible with you. Now, we can't always do that. I'm uh, I'm uh, a lot of my prayer life is on the road <laughs> and uh, praying in the spirit and things like that. So, but when you just in your in your quiet time with the Lord and you're praying, it's good to have your Bible with you because the God because. The the Bible is going to line up with whatever you're hearing from God. God's going to speak to you. This is a, this book is not an old dead book written by men about God. It's a book written by God through men, to men, huh? To you, and it's alive and active. Have you ever notice how you read a scripture and it just speaks to your situation right that day, and that same scripture might you might read it every day, you know, and it might it might speak to another situation another day in a whole different way. That's how God is. But it's never, whatever God you're hearing from God, it's never going to oppose this word. So that's a good litmus test. Amen. That's why it's good to get it in you. So you always have something to filter all the noise and the things of the world that even sometimes seem good that may not be God. Amen. Go to Luke chapter 4. If you do have a Bible. And uh, this is when Jesus began his ministry. He had uh, he had spent 30 years preparing for his ministry. He only lived uh, as a man, God-man, in this world for 33 and a half years. So his ministry was only three and a half years long. He spent 30 years preparing And he had just been baptized in the Jordan River by his cousin John the Baptist. And he also received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at the same time. It doesn't have to happen that way, but they are two separate events. Can happen simultaneously or at the same time. Doesn't matter. Can't put God in a box. But nevertheless, he'd been went out into the wilderness. And uh, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and came back with a Holy Ghost download. Amen? (laughs) Amen. And and this is when the enemy had tempted him. And and he answered every time with the the fifth book of the Bible, I might add, with the word of God and ran the devil off. And uh, that's a good example for us. Not that you have to use Leviticus because you don't we have a lot a lot more now amen but Luke 4 17 Jesus had gone into the the synagogue on the Sabbath day and uh, and they would call upon people to read from the scrolls from the word right which were the first five books of the Bible the Torah and uh, the prophets as well as Psalms and Proverbs. But nevertheless, verse 17, Jesus had gone up to read. It says, And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written of him. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled the scroll back up and sat down and handed it to the attendant. When Jesus opened that scroll, that book, he, he found the place where it was written of him just like he did when he was on the road to Emmaus, walking the day he was risen from the dead, and he had that long Bible study with those two disciples who were so dejected for revealing himself, he took them through the word and showed them all the things about himself in that word, didn't he? He had a Bible study. When he left this earth, he put the body of Christ, his church, in charge of his ministry, Mm -hmm. didn't he? Okay. And what I wanna tell you is that there are things in this Bible written about you and me Mm -hmm. and about our generation of believers. And you need to search out these treasures and find them. And then and you come across them, things will just rise up sort of off the page to you. It'll be quickened, made alive in your spirit. And you'll say, that's, that's to me. That's about me. That's for me. And you'll just know that you know that you know. You have this unction from the Holy Ghost, the Bible says. That's why you need so badly the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you don't have it, folks, you really... We really need to be seeking God about that and talk to me, we'll get it taken care of right away. Amen? Amen. You know, there's the book of Acts. my friend Russell was here recently talking about the life after the book of Acts, what the, the church is supposed to be looking like with power and victory and authority and all those things. He's right. Well, the thing I want to mention today is that there's no amen at the book of Acts at the end of the book of Acts. Why? Because we're still writing it. It's the history of the church. That was the early history, but we're not finished. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah 33, verse three. Jesus says, or the the Bible says, "Call to me, and I will answer you." And show you great and mighty things. Isn't that awesome? Call to me. Just call out to the Lord. Seek. Remember I was talking about seeking the Lord. How I just said, Lord, I'm seeking you with tears running down my face, looking into that sunset. And like someone tapped me on the shoulder, I turned around and there's the most beautiful rainbow. He was right there. He was with me. I knew he was with me. He says, call to me and I will answer you. That's a promise from God who cannot lie and show you great and mighty things. What, a, what an absolutely incredible promise from God. If Jeremiah prays, God says, and this is for all of us, you no respect of persons, amen. God promises that he will not only answer him, but reveal great and mighty things. These are things that they couldn't possibly be known any other way except by revelation from god and the idea of the word mighty here in the in the hebrew would be better rendered isolated or inaccessible i want to show you great and inaccessible things so god's offering revelation insight based upon a, a spiritual pursuit of him in prayer. What a bargain, folks, what a bargain. And to be successful in our Christian walk, in our life, we have to have revelation knowledge. Grace and peace be multiplied to you, Peter said, through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation knowledge, and it only comes from God. Isn't that what we decided last week, talking about Peter, when God gave him this revelation knowledge, and he said, upon this revelation knowledge, we will build my church. Not upon a man. (laughs) The knowledge of Jesus as Lord, of Jesus in us, and Jesus through us. This is where This is where the grace message gets a little skewed sometimes and misrepresented around the body because they're just talking about all the good things God has done and is going to do for you. And they stop short of saying that he created you to do things through you. He recreated you to do things through you. Amen. And we also need revelation knowledge of the forces that oppose us in this life, the enemy of our souls and his army, which are very real. He's a defeated foe, but he's still in charge of this world for a time. And he has no real authority. He has no creative ability, except what we give him or we allow, is better said. Now, not knowing that or not believing it only assures that we're going to suffer loss because of that lack of revelation knowledge. Yeah, it's not a condemning thing. Doesn't change a bit how much God loves you. He is love. And if you have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior, then God loves you. You're his child now. You're not Satan's child anymore. You were born Satan's child. (laughs) People don't like to hear that. But that wasn't your fault. That was Adam's fault. (laughs) That seed was passed down. That corrupted sin nature. All the way from the garden. To everyone who's ever been born since. They're protected for a time. Until they know the difference. And they have the opportunity to choose. But. Then we all have a choice to make, don't we? Yes. We need to not only understand the enemy of our lives, but we need to get direction from God for, for dealing with those foes, don't we? And it only comes by revelation knowledge. you have a great benefit today if you accepted my challenge, I don't want to call it an assignment, but it was, sort of, last week, to regarding the, the book of Ephesians. How many of you read it? <laughs> at, least, at least you're honest. I don't have to have an altar call for liars because literally no one raised their hand. Wow. Well, thank you all of you online and around the the world who read the book of Ephesians at my recommendation last week. Let's talk about Ephesians a little bit. I love the book of Ephesians. What I was telling you last week, the first three chapters, six chapters, only a few pages in your Bible. The first three chapters tell all about, it's a book about grace. Hmm? Yeah. It tells you About all the wonderful things that God has accomplished on your behalf through Christ Jesus. Through the atonement. How he has blessed us in Christ. With every spiritual blessing. All these wonderful things. And you know what Paul prays? He's going through this and twice in the first three chapters he prays for you. And he doesn't pray that God would give you anything more. He explains what God has done, but what he prays is that God would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the knowledge of him, having the... Eyes of your hearts enlightened, so that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. Paul prays that you have revelation to understand and know what God has already done you, done for you and and wants to do through you. And then the last three chapters, he tells you how to go about it. First in, in, in the fourth chapter, it starts off, therefore. Therefore what? Based on the first three chapters of everything wonderful accomplished through Christ on your behalf and in you, therefore, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Okay, so he's given some instructions now. Oh, that's legalism, do you see? Most of the grace churches around the the world need to just take the last three chapters of Ephesians out, which they effectively have. Oh, you don't, no, no more laws, no more rules, no regulations. No, it's not like that. He's explaining to you what's been done in you and for you and who you really are. He's giving you your true identity. And then he say, now, because this is who you are. You're, you're my child now. You have the same, you have raising from the dead power inside of you. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Ephesians 3.20, I think, unless they moved it. Yeah, yeah, well, look at that. Now to him who's able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. Within us. Within us. And he goes on and tells you about this new life. And he says, put off the old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. See, this is why we need to understand spirit, soul, and body because in the first three chapters, he explained what's been done in your born again spirit. That's who you really are, a spirit with a soul, a personality, and a body. Now, that spirit, you cannot discern your spirit man with your natural senses you need the mirror of the word of God to understand it with the help of the Holy Spirit but then when you come into agreement in your soul with what's in your born-again spirit this flesh will follow suit yeah. and he goes on and he gives instructions about walking in love and how to Get rid of all bitterness and unforgiveness. You can't be cluttered down with any of the weight of that garbage, that self-imposed self prison of your own making. Yes. Bitterness and unforgiveness. So get, get rid of all that. Walk in love. God is love. And if you're his child, <laughs> be like that, <dad>, you know? <laughs> Instructions for husbands and wives you know and then you go from the grace churches you go over to the legalism churches Okay, this is where all the 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 legalistic women point to their husbands part here's what you're supposed to do husband and all the all the husbands are like look what you're supposed to do woman and God said look at your part to her and to him he's saying look at your part do that it but there really are instructions on how to live this life how to walk it out is I mean just just I'm gonna give you I'm gonna tell you everything has been done in, in you and for you and now let me tell you how to how to live in this new skin not that you got a new skin but this new life huh this eternal life all that and then the armor of God. He he tells you how to uh, you remember I told you about the the enemies of our souls and how to how to fight them and the our our battles are not carnal. We we, we don't wage with the same weapons of warfare that we that we did before we knew God. Yeah. And he gives you all of the so Dad says, Here, I'm giving you all of my armor. And then my sword. Yeah. And, and and here. And then so keep reading so you can learn how to how to wear that armor and how to how to wield that sword, son, daughter. Amen. Amen. But my question is this Why are the first three chapters first and the last three chapters last? I'll tell you, here's a because you're not a do to be you're a be to do i'm from texas so i don't want you to think you think i said i said what you think i said i didn't say do to be i said do to be in texas do and to sound very much alike Do do to do to do to be you're not a do to be you don't have to do all these things in the last three chapters to be to earn to merit the first three chapters to earn that from God he's already done it yeah, he yes. because he's already done it and created you to be this new creation in Christ this child of God now you've been created you have been created to do yes Amen. yeah You see the difference, right? You need a revelation of who you are in Christ. Otherwise, the enemy's always gonna use the the sin and the failures, the mistakes of your past to beat you down, leave you feeling condemned, unfit for the master's use. That's his scheme. He's a liar. He always has been. He's the father of lies. He's a deceiver. He is the accuser of the brethren. That's why Jesus took those 10 Commandments and chiseled in stone, and they were nailed to the cross, it said. He he did away with the written claims against you. Why? Because those 10 Commandments are perfect and holy, and you're not. You are in your born-again spirit, but in this life, you're not always gonna be, and every time you failed, the enemy wants to take that and go, look. Look at this one. What about this one? I know who you are. I know what you did. Jesus said, I already paid for all that. No one's going to accuse you anymore. I'm telling you folks, I saw him as clear as day. He stood right beside me in that courtroom. And I knew I was guilty as could be. A condemned man. I looked and I saw Jesus, I looked back, there wasn't a judge, there wasn't a jury, there wasn't a prosecutor, there were no witnesses, there was no one there to accuse me because of my advocate, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. But he loves you almost as much as he loves me. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, don't send me any emails (laughs) what did Pastor Greg say you you learned that song from Frozen let it go let it go (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness (laughs) yeah the enemy just wants to keep you beat down why? he wants to keep you beat down so you can't be used to pick anybody else back up Huh? Mm-hmm. And when we talked about that oxygen mask drops down in that airplane, not gonna happen to you. <laughs> Put it on yourself first before the kid. Why? Because you, without, if, you're, if you're out, you can't help the kid. Right. That's why you need the Holy Spirit, folks. Let's look at that. John chapter 14. Y'all having fun today? Yes. yes. You got a choice every day yes. you can be mad you can be sad or you can be glad Amen. and where we choose to be glad oh y'all are looking up John okay <laughs> glad why That wasn't a hard one we're glad John chapter 14 the gospel of John I don't think there's a 14th chapter in any of the epistles of John. John chapter 14, verses 15 through probably 31. 14, starting in the 15th verse. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another helper, capital H. That's the third person of the Trinity. That is God, the Holy Spirit. In that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he is the one who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word and my father will love him and he will come to him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words and the word that you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. These things I've spoken to you while I'm with you still, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. My favorite scripture, John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives do I give unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I'm going away and I will come to you. If you love me, you would have rejoiced because I'm going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I, and now I have told you before it takes place so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming. That's this. That's Satan. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. And then turn the page and look at the seventh verse of chapter 16. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Talking about the Holy Spirit again. Jesus said it's good In what what world, in what situation could it be good for Jesus to leave you (laughs) when he intended to come back by agency of the Holy Spirit, who could not only just walk with May like he does every day, or with Siah, or with Buddy, but he could be with all of us all the time. Yes, amen. All of us who love the Lord, who have made him our Lord and Savior, amen. the carnal mind is unfit to even wage spiritual warfare it's just a fact our natural human perception can at best only lead us to the doorway of understanding never never through it never going to get you there folks so many people trying to figure out God, trying to reason God. Yes. They get caught up in their own minds, their own education. Some of the smartest people I know, that's been their stumbling block, is their own intelligence. And, you know, if, you're, if you send your kids off to expensive college these days, and they have the luxury uh, or all the money you've ever made in your life to lay in a field and major in frisbee. <laughs> and, <laughs> not all of the schools, eh? I can tell you a few good ones. But their only goal, you know, when they get there is if they get there with any faith to make sure they don't leave with any. What's that worth? people try to understand spiritual truth without revelation from God they get off into human philosophy wise in their own eyes legends in their own minds which is just vanity and, and see the problem with philosophy is it only recognizes the body and the soul never the spirit can't they, can't, they cannot discern the things of the Spirit. They're not able to. So they're left to reason. And it's going to lead them astray. It leads to wrong doctrine. And the enemy will take advantage of that every time. He's going to well, eat your lunch and pop the bag. Andrew would say. it going to lead you off course, off of the narrow path jesus said in in matthew chapter 7 regarding that narrow path he said enter by the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction He's talking about the broad highway of life and those who enter by it are many but the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find find it are few Uh, that's a very sobering remark a truth though because it came from the lips of Jesus now he didn't mean few I I don't believe that he meant few in in the sense that you know like just a handful of people (laughs) not at all relatively speaking I mean do you know how many people have passed through this world and are here now (laughs) Uh, a lot I don't either. Uh, But there are going to be a lot, a lot of, a lot, a lot of Christians at that dinner, huh? At the marriage supper of the Lamb. How wonderful a time that's going to be, seeing all of you there. I love that song about that. Kind of a tearjerker, though. <laughs> but he's just trying to make us see this as se- the, the severity of, you know. And it's not fair to just tell everyone they're okay all the time. And, you know, you're okay, I'm okay. <laughs> Philosophy again. And, uh, and we're all just gonna go to the light and you know, Jesus, that's, we, we like Jesus and, and also this, this form of religion and this one and this one, we're all, we're all good, you know, it's not about that. It's not gonna work. First John 3 eight says, Jesus was manifest in the world, what? To destroy the works of the devil. Jesus is here? Is Jesus, Jesus is here? There's two or three of us that gathered, they in his name. Amen. But, but, but how is he here? By agency of that helper he sent, uh, the Holy Spirit. But Jesus in the flesh, he, he left, didn't he? He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. We're actually seated with him. But He was here manifest in the world to destroy the works of the devil. Now that's our job. He turned it over to us. Wow, how, man, how brave. (laughs) How brave you are, Jesus. (laughs) He gets a kick out of me, don't worry. (laughs) He, the devil's already a defeated foe. But we have to, to get the understanding of that so that we can enforce and defend what Jesus has already paid in blood for us to have and to be. Yes. Amen. Say, I'm a be to do. I'm a be to do. <laughs> Not a do to be. <laughs> Law and grace. You hear all this? Legalism, grace, law and grace, legalism, grace. And we are great grace believers. Yes. Amen. Amen. You're gonna learn the the entirety of grace. Though the, the you know like you told, like you told the revelator in John, eat the whole scroll. <laughs> you, you're gonna get the whole Bible. There are people out there teaching you don't even need the old testament anymore. I need a minister on that. Do do, do you know we're we're here? You know how blessed you are that the Jews' eyes were blinded temporarily, so that the Gentiles could be brought in. You know how much we owe to them. You know how much we love the Jewish people, and that that's our first ministry. Yes, Amen. Do you know that with the New Testament, you're never going to win a Jew to the Lord? Do you understand you need to show them Jesus in the Old Testament? Yeah. And he's on every line. Yeah. Oh, I could get off into that. That'll help somebody though. But law and grace aren't just about the Old and the New Testaments of, of the Bible. They have a great deal to do with us with me, with the pulpit, with with all of us, with who we're speaking to. Am I speaking to the old man? Or am I speaking to the new spirit man? You see? I don't wanna talk to that old dead man, he's gone. I wanna tell you who you are now and what you have and all the authority and power and what you were created to do. So that you can just be who you are to do what he's created you to be and to do. (laughs) Be Be to (laughs) do. See, the new man, the new spirit man has the capacity and the ability to be obedient to an Old Testament Scripture or a new one. The old man couldn't do either. If you're speaking to the flesh or an unredeemed person and you're trying to beat them over the head with do's and don'ts, they don't even have the ability to do it. How can you hate on them? You need to be telling them the first three chapters of, of Ephesians as your testimony of, look what Jesus did for me. He wants to do that. He did it for you too, but you have to accept it by faith. This is grace. You have to put your faith in the grace of God, right. which doesn't come apart from the person of Jesus Christ. Yes, that's right. yeah. And then they'll have the ability to do all the things that God created them to do. Not to earn relationship, but out a byproduct of the relationship. Yes, right. And no matter how great our revelation of Jesus is, if we haven't matured to a place where we can manifest Jesus in difficult situations in our lives, then you haven't really got it. Okay, can all look down like you're studying your Bible now. I'm talking to all of us. I'm talking about when you get cut off in traffic, folks. Just to make it, keep it easy and generalize for us, because we can all relate. Because those are some of the times when I question my salvation. Not really. When someone uses and abuses you, you wanna give them a piece of your mind, like you always have, and then you find out, I've been doing this so long, I have so little left to give. You gotta stop that. Then go plug in and let Jesus restore your soul, amen. amen. Quit giving away a piece of your mind to somebody. I'm talking about loving and, and being a blessing to those what Pastor Greg calls sandpaper people in your life. <laughs> it's a supernatural life, folks. I'm talking about forgiving people who've done you wrong and then not making a big production out of your forgiveness, which makes it all about who? You. You don't even have to tell them. Matter of fact, you shouldn't if they don't know anything about it, because then they got something to overcome. <laughs> yeah. It just has a lot to do with the change of your heart and attitude toward that person with God. Yeah, yeah, That's how you get out of that jail cell <laughs> of your yes. own making. You had the keys the whole time <laughs> funny. we lock ourselves in a jail cell and we're just holding on to that key <laughs> I'm not coming out of here I'm going to show them they're out living their life having a good old time you're just holding on to bitterness and unforgiveness <laughs> you got the key right there in your hand <laughs> just, just reach through there and turn the key it's dinner time amen Yep. James 2.10. If you, if you, you know, I have a, a chapter in, in a book somebody wrote called The Real Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but it's called Out of, Re- Out of Religion and Into Relationship. And that's what we need to do. We need to forget about all the dry, dead religion and religious stuff, and all religion isn't bad. If it were, they would not it wouldn't be a religion. I mean, there, there are demonic, really demonic things. I mean, they're all inspired by the demonic, but people don't know it, a lot of them are deceived. And so what the enemy does, disguise himself as an angel of light and has them out doing a lot of good things to try and earn relationship with God, you see? That's demonic. Anytime someone puts Ephesians 4 through 6 as a prerequisite, pre, how do you say that word? Prerequisite. Prerequisite. <laughs> prerequisite. How do you say it in Texas? Prerequisite. Prerequisite. I know that word. Prerequisite. Pre, Ephesians 4 through 6 as a prerequisite to earning Ephesians 1 through 3, that's not God. Not God. There's a reason he put one through three first. Because if they tell you that you have to do a, be a a do to be, it's a lie. It's a lie from the devil. It's false doctrine. It can't be done until you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and he evicts that old sin nature and ushers in the kingdom of God and you have the mind of Christ the ability and power and the raising from the dead power inside of you, you can't do Ephesians four through six. That's the problem. That's the problem with people working so hard, knocking on your doors, riding their bikes all over the world. (laughs) That's the penalty, folks, that we impose on ourselves when we refuse to make Jesus our Lord and Savior and call Him God. When you just call Jesus a good man, then you're still in your sin. I got so far off. James 2.10 listen. Here's James said, for whoever keeps the whole law. That was the Ten Commandments and whatever. This is Jesus' half brother. So they, during their time, they had six hundred and some odd other laws that they had added on to the Ten since God had given them for fifteen hundred years. So they were so burdened down. Nevertheless, James said, for whoever keeps the whole law but fails at one point has become guilty of it all. What's that mean? God isn't grading on a curve, folks. You could live a life 99% perfectly and pure, which nobody has except Jesus, and fail at just one little thing and you fail. That's God's standard. If you want to get there, I mean in the presence of God and live eternity, eternal life with God in heaven and you want to get there on your own merits because of your own good deeds, your own righteousness, and you, but, I mean, Why not? You lived better than all the Christians you ever met. You're gonna fail. You'll never make it. Apart from Jesus, really good people go to hell. The biggest philanthropists in the world will go to hell without Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That's hard. It's hard to see people that, that you know that live better than any Christian you ever met. And you're a Christian. And to just think that they may miss it. But we have, to, we have to, you either believe that or you really don't believe. And I'm not saying we focus on that. Actually, we don't. I don't focus on that at all. That's not my responsibility. I'm not here to carry that load. Now, I, I do to the extent that that makes me want to witness to everybody and, and at least plant that seed. Hey, man, Jesus died for you. It's not too late ever. Wanna hear my terrible story? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, people need to hear your story. Yes. Mm-hmm. Second Corinthians 10, 12. Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. Or the King James Version says they're not wise. When you compare yourselves amongst yourselves, you're not wise. The Bible says just compare yourself to Jesus. (laughs) And if you hadn't met that standard, then you better You better surrender your life to Him and make Him your Lord and Savior. You either better be perfect or have a Savior who is, and there's only one. I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but Peter said redundancy is good in God. It's good that I repeat the same things over. It's good that we go back to the fundamentals and the basics and we understand about this life that we've entered into. So it's either by grace through faith in Jesus' finished work, or there's no access to the Father ever. And it's a supernatural life. Luke chapter 17, verses four through six, Jesus was talking about the power of faith. And I love this. It's, it's kind of comical, but it's not because it's all of us. But the disciples asked for faith to forgive. And they, they, they had seen him do one amazing things, and he sent them out to do amazing things, and they did it. <laughs> and then watch this. In, in Luke chapter 17, the fourth verse, Jesus said, Even if... He sins against you, talking about anyone in general. Someone sins against you seven times in a day and seven times returns to say, I repent, you must forgive him. Later on in another place, he said 777 times. So basically it's limitless, folks. He said seven times in a day, and he comes back, he says, I repent, you must forgive him. And the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. (laughs) the only and and you know what it is supernatural it requires great faith to live a life of forgiveness against people that the world say now you're justified in uh just stomping a mud hole in that guy you know i'm sorry for my vulgar talk i'm just (laughs) but you know what i'm saying there are some things where you just go, Well, I mean, that one hasn't come. Now listen, there are times, I mean, you, you break into my house, you come and and where my my wife and or my granddaughter is sleeping, you know, well, you, you may not get out of there with your life. And I'm not happy about that, but I will, I would do it in a heartbeat. So I'm not saying that, but I would not be entertaining a spirit of murder. I would be defending That which I love. You see what I'm saying? So there's a difference. Same goes for a soldier or a policeman or anyone doing their job. One can be side by side with the other and one have that spirit of murder, the other one just doing his job and loving and protecting those around him. You see, and there's a difference. And God sees the heart, of course, right? I've had to minister that to a lot of folks over the years. Increase our faith. And the Lord answered, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it'll obey you. So it's not the quantity of our faith. We all have the measure of faith. It's, look at these monsters here. It's about exercise. <laughs> Just uh, It's about exercising that faith. (laughs) (laughs) Just joking, folks. Just joking. It's not the quantity of faith. It's the quality. Hmm? You just need to decide if God said it, that settles it. And you need to have that childlike faith because that is the most powerful, purest form of faith. I look at Maddie, you know, she's yeah. just an example of that childlike faith because it's so pure. And you know what? I, I'm here to tell you right now that it, I, it, I, I, it may happen here someday, but that child could lay hands on you and you would and, and, uh, be healed. In the name of Jesus. Child, you have you have powerful gifts of ministry in you. Thank you, Lord. Give her her words. And thank you for using her to help the body of Christ heal and power, love, and prosper. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. We, we just need to guard our hearts. Huh? And the Bible said, guard your heart because out of it come the wellsprings of life. So we just need to keep that heart pure, not, not protect <laughs> it. Right. No one's going to get close again. That's what some people see that scripture. <laughs> I'm going to guard my heart, all right. They're never getting close to me. And, and you know what? Sometimes that is the answer. You know? <laughs> Bad company corrupts good character. And so you need to make sure that you're having more of an influence on them than they are on you, on you, you know. We're not supposed to stay in the salt shaker. we we the salt and light of the world, right? right. Amen. Yeah. But, you know, you have to have wisdom. <laughs> you have to use wisdom about that. I've gotten so far off of what I was thinking God wanted to say that I don't even know how to connect the dots now. But I love that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Have your way. to your church, Lord Jesus. We just need to become totally dependent upon the Holy Spirit for our day-to-day lives. Mm -hmm. Even some of our former spiritual victories and the experiences we've had walking with Jesus for 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 years, sometimes can't substitute for fresh spiritual insight that comes from a daily walk with him and time spent with him in prayer. That's why he's called the manna. He said, I am the manna from heaven. That manna fell down every day. If they tried to get enough for two days, except on the Sabbath, which it did last for two days, then, so they could have a day of rest. But if they try to get enough for two days, so they wouldn't have to collect it the next day, it would be spoiled. Mm-hmm. That's the type and shadow of our relationship with Jesus Christ, huh? It has to be fresh bread, folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Daily, yes. Preferably. Do you all eat every day? Yes. <laughs> Mostly. There are no formulas. If you received a word from God or a manifestation from God one way yesterday, and you try to get it the same way today, you might be disappointed. You're probably gonna miss him. You've heard some of the times and encounters I've had with the Lord. I can't go to that same gas pump on 2920 and look into the sunset at that certain time of the day and just cry and say, Lord, I'm seeking you and expect him to tap me on the shoulder and turn around and see that beautiful rainbow again. You see, if I if I put God in that box and I went out there and I said, well, God's left me because he didn't show me a rainbow again today. That would not be fair to him or me. He doesn't want us living like that, does he? Same way, you know, with the like, what with the the skunk story, right? I can't, I can't go to that same supermarket with my wife and grab a shopping basket and expect my stepdad, who's deceased now, to call me and say my mom had a dream about me pushing a grocery cart with the, uh, the with the skunk in there. I can't, I can't expect that. That was wonderful revelation and insight into God and, and, and how much he loved me and what he was doing in my life at those times, but I can't get it from him the same way that I did before. He wants to keep it new and exciting. It's an ongoing, healthy relationship. Just like any good marriage or relationship. I, I brought to, I bought I Tavana bought some flowers last week just because. And... They were quite nice. I, I think she liked them very much. But if I bought the same flowers on the same day uh, of every week, it might not be so special. After, especially after a few times, I guarantee you, she wouldn't say anything, but when she'd do, she just wouldn't acknowledge it or anything. Just to let me know, hey buddy. This ain't cutting it anymore. <laughs> She would never say anything ugly, but I I know her very well. You see, <laughs> she's you know I just wouldn't I wouldn't cut it. And and if and if she decided, well, William bought me flowers last week, last Wednesday, and uh, for no apparent reason. And so if he doesn't buy them for me this Wednesday, then he just doesn't love me anymore. You see, see how foolish that would be? She would never do that to start with. She doesn't need flowers. I didn't do it because she demanded them. She, she did care less. She'd really rather have something alive. <laughs> but they were beautiful and she did enjoy them. But she wasn't expected from me or demanded of me, you see. That's a relationship and she knows I love her. And, I, and she loves me. She had to put my shoes and socks on for me this morning. That's love, folks. (laughs) And I didn't ask her to. (laughs) She gets happier over food than flowers anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to wrap it up here. But going back to Jeremiah 33, when, when God said, call to me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things. That's just a good place to start folks. It's a good place to start to examine our own prayer lives. Paul says to examine yourselves to see whether you be in the faith. That's a good thing to do. 2 Corinthians 13 5. Examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves or do you not realize this about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you. He's wanting you to get a revelation of Christ in you. Unless you fail to meet the test, he said. That's awesome. Because when we turn to the Lord in prayer and in faith, he's gonna provide guidance, insight, strength, all to show us great and mighty things. Things that we couldn't have known apart from him. It's an exciting thing. It's a a beautiful treasure hunt and relationship We'll see Christ in us, the hope of glory. That only comes by revelation from the Father. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's what the Bible says. And then we'll begin to manifest Christ in our lives for others to see and to benefit from. That's the ultimate goal. For you to be conformed to the image of Christ. And once you have done that, you will be... That's where the word Christian comes from, little Christ. You're all little Christ, and you need to be manifesting Christ to a hurting, sick, and dying world. You see, 9-11, 21 years ago didn't happen because people thought they would go to hell for, for crashing those planes into those towers. They were deceived by this deceiver, this liar, this devil who's the enemy of our souls, and you know what? God loves them and and died, Jesus died for everyone, but only the ones that receive him as their Lord and Savior and exclude all those other nonsensical things are those gonna be with us in heaven. They at least deserve to hear about him. Somebody in your sphere of influence is waiting for you to come and share him with them amen Amen. jesus needs you to manifest his life to this world to let your light shine Amen? amen i'm gonna stop right there and uh thank you all i love you and uh has the lord spoken to any of you today Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We thank you for all of your truth. We thank you for Christ in us, the hope of glory. We thank you, Jesus, for all that that means, for all that you have done, for everything that you accomplished through the atonement, through your precious blood, through the cross of Calvary. We thank you for all the divine exchanges that took place when we accepted you as our Lord and Savior. We love you forever, Lord, for it. Thank you for loving us so much and conforming us into your image that it may manifest in our souls and in our whole being so that the world can see more of you through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah.